This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here we go. Hour three of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's talk some Mavericks. Let's talk some NBA coming out of the All-Star break. The Mavs will uh, host the Spurs tonight. They'll take on the Lakers Sunday at 2.30. That is part of ESPN Sunday Showcase, and I just I love that that early afternoon NBA basketball in the springtime. The playoffs are approaching, and uh, the storylines are deepening. And to talk more about these games and the storylines, reporter Tim Bontemps from ESPN joins us now here on The Fan. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? We are doing excellent, thanks. You know, trying to gauge what we should expect from the Mavs here over these final 32 games plus playoffs. What do you think of their new look? I think they'll score a lot of points. I think they'll give up a lot of points. And I think they'll probably not go as far as they hope to because of the latter part. I just think, you know, for as good as Luka and Kyrie can be offensively, um, they give a lot of it back at the other end. And I just wonder, with the depth that Dallas lost and the lack of perimeter athleticism they have, you know, I don't remember who, but somebody recently compared them to me to what the Jazz were last year without Rudy Gobert behind them, mm. right? And, like, that's – I think that's sort of what Dallas has, and it's going to be a real challenge for Jason Cannon and Sean Sweeney and their coaching staff to come up with enough ways to have this team defend enough to win as much as they need to. But if they can find a way to get some stops, those two guys can score as much as anybody, and they're going to be very hard for teams to stop. So – you know, in a Western Conference with a lot of flawed teams and a lot of, you know, it's as wide open as I've ever seen a conference in the league. You know, if you're being a Dallas optimist, you say, look, these guys could score with anybody and teams like Denver and Phoenix and some of these other teams are not exactly defensive juggernauts either. So, you know, if you've got an offense that's that potent, it might be enough to carry forward anyway. Tim, I, I know you've been writing quite a bit about the future of Kyrie, what needs to go right here down the stretch for Kyrie and the Mavericks to have a long-term partnership past just this final stretch run? I have no idea, honestly. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to be flippant about your question, but I, I think if Kyrie has proven anything, it's that it's foolish to try to predict what he's going to do, right? So, I mean, I think you – obviously it would help if the Mavs have a deep playoff run, I would think. And he gets along with Luca, and they play great. But I learned a long time ago to stop guessing how things are going to play out with Kyrie Irving. So I would say everybody just enjoy the next few months and see how it goes, and then we'll see what happens in the summertime. Because that's probably the the most truthful way I could answer the question. And I I, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of clarity on what he's going to want to do. Tim, do you ever worry that you're never going to get back the time that you have to work with Tim McMahon on the air every day? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't worry about it because I know it's true. So <laughs> that's, my, that's my answer on that. 
Well, we're big fans of Tim, obviously. And, I'm, I'm big fan. Yeah. I'm big fan of Tim too. It, to be clear, he's great. It it has been so tough watching these Mavs try to defend all year long, and then they get worse losing Dorian and add, adding Kyrie. Could it work? You know, uh, with with Kyrie and Luca playing such a prominent role, how much of a handicap is that when you're trying to team build and make a good enough defense to win a championship? It's hard. I mean, look, it's hard, guys, right? And, you know, Tim has talked a bunch in the last couple of months, or the last couple of weeks, I should say, about Maxi Kleber coming back um, from this hamstring surgery, right? Well, they kind of need to clone Maxi Kleber. Like, if you had a couple or three of him with those guys, then, yeah, it'd probably like their chances better. Or if they could have got, you know, got, if they could, you know, you know, reapparate Dorian Finney Smith back on the team, that would help. Um, but there's just not a lot of guys who do a lot of guarding on the maps and it's it's going to be a challenge like it's there's just no question about it it's going to be very hard but again if you char if you are looking at it optimistically you look around the west and all these teams are flawed you know i'm in philly tonight to see them play memphis memphis can't score uh denver is not you know denver has an okay defensive team i don't trust them to guard at the highest level if, if nicole Jokic isn't picking rolls with luca and kyrie it's probably not going to go great right Phoenix certainly has high end talent with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I don't know if they can really guard a team with Luca and Kyriana. Who's guarding either one of those guys? Don't have a great answer, right? Yeah. You go down the list, like all these teams are flawed. And so Dallas has a clear flaw. They also have a clear strength. And it's, I, I just, these West playoffs are going to be truly fascinating to me because it's just, there's just a lot of, flawed complicated teams going head to head and it very well may just come down to what matchups you draw and how your team matches up with the other one because i if you told me six different teams could win the west i wouldn't argue with you Mm. like i don't feel great about any of these teams picking them to win the west and frankly i think the three best teams in the whole league are the three best teams in the east but other than playing the west and so it's going to make for a pretty incredible playoffs that i just hope everybody's healthy for because i'm really really fired up to watch them yeah, you're enjoying the uh, the NBA insights of Tim Bontemps, uh, ESPN. I've been thinking the best bet to have a really good team emerge from the East is the Golden State Warriors getting healthy and, and getting on the same page, kind of like they did last year. Yep, I agree. I think if I uh, – we actually were just talking about this, McMahon, Brian Winters, and I on the Hoop Collective earlier today. It's coming out tomorrow. If you – if I have to pick one team to win three series in the West, I'm still picking Golden State despite the fact that they've been 500 all year, despite the fact that Steph has been hurt, despite the fact that they're like four and a billion on the road or whatever their record is. I mean, they've been a horrible road team, right? But at the end of the day, if they're healthy on April 10th and they're in the tournament, are, do you guys feel like you could pick anybody to beat them four times in the West? I don't. I don't like anybody's chances to beat them four times because I haven't seen anybody do it. And I, I'm not confident that, you know, Memphis or Denver or the Clippers or the Suns or the Mavs or any of these teams can beat Golden State if they're healthy four out of seven times. I mean, look, for all the flaws that the Warriors have had this year, when their main starting five of Steph, Clay, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and Kevon Looney is on the court, they're outscoring teams by 22 points or 21 points per 100 possessions. It's by far the best lineup in the league. It's like not even close. Any, any lineup that's played over 100 minutes this season, they're – they've got by far the best net rating. So when their guys are healthy and they're playing, they can play with anybody. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think if you're picking a team to win the West, despite everything that's gone on, I'm riding with Golden State so somebody beats them four times. 
Tim, what do you make of, of Sacramento? I know before the break, the Mavs went in there and had a, like a back-to-back. Is that a team that's just kind of just hanging in there, or is that a legitimate team in the West? I don't think it's a legitimate team, but, I mean, again, I don't know, right? Like, yeah. the way they've, they've had a really good offense this year. Mike Brown's a really good coach. Um, they play really hard. Aaron Fox has been an incredible clutch player. I mean, you mentioned those games. I watched, uh, I want to say it was the second game. I think it was the one, yeah, it was the one, it was the first game Luca. Was he, well, I guess Luca might have played in both games. The game Luca played in in Sacramento, they ended up losing late when Luca missed that three. And yeah, the right, final couple minutes right, of regulation right. and overtime were incredible. I mean, Sacramento's had a ton of awesome games this year. Now, look, if you tell me the Kings finished seventh or eighth, you know, they fall off these next few weeks and then they lose in the play-in, like, I wouldn't be stunned by that. But they've been pretty consistently in the top four for three months now. So yeah. they're probably going to get in. And I'm honestly, like, whatever they do in the playoffs, I just hope they get in because that – has long been one of the best fan bases in the league. They've had literally nothing to cheer for for well over a decade. And they're super fun to watch. They play hard. De'Aaron's been great. The Modest Bonus has been great for them. I'm just happy that that fan base is finally getting some success. I don't think they're going to make a playoff run, but for a team that hasn't made the playoffs since the mid-2000s, I, I think they'll be very happy to just get What was your reaction to the Suns landing KD? Uh, I mean, I was I was headed to Bristol from Boston for a game that Wednesday night. I saw Celtic Sixers and was in the car, so I was surprised uh, when it happened, like everybody else. But you know, uh, they're they're sort of a little bit better version of Dallas to me. I, you know, I understand everybody automatically spotted them as favorites because they've got Chris Paul and Devin Booker and KD and DeAndre Ayton, but there's not a lot of depth out of that outside of them. I don't trust their defense. Uh, to to hold up. And honestly, the other biggest thing, as you guys know, I don't trust them to be healthy. Mm. Like Chris Paul has had a lot of muscle injuries. Devin Booker's had now a lot of muscle injuries. Kevin Durant is still out from this, this MCL sprain that he's got, right? Like if you tell me those four guys are going to be healthy from now until the end of June, yeah, they could win the West. But, I mean, if you're putting odds on it, I mean, I hope this isn't the case, but odds are they're probably not all going to be healthy. And if they're not all healthy, combined with their lack of depth to begin with, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to to make it through the crucible of a you know a two month playoff run with with such a top end roster with obvious health concerns across it. Tim, what do you make of with uh, what's going on with the Clippers right now, and with Westbrook and, and that situation? There seems to be people are. Like oh immediately like well they just made themselves worse is are we are we being overly dramatic on that one? I think it depends on how much Russ plays, right? If he if he has a targeted role where he comes in for 15 minutes or you know tops 20 minutes a game, and he's giving them some punch on the second unit, and you know they have him out there with these you know floor space lineups with a bunch of wings like he was playing in Houston, right? And you could space the floor and have him attack. I think then he could be useful. Um, if he's playing 35 minutes a game and opening the closing games and playing down the stretch in playoff games and out there in, in crunch time, yeah, I, don't, I do think they got worse. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to give a cop-out answer, but I do think it does depend on just how much he's used. I think if it's as a sixth, seventh, eighth guy who, you know, is used strategically, I think it could give them a little bit of punch. If it's, hey, Russ is going to be a starter, Russ is going to play 32 minutes a game. Russ is going to be in our closing lineup. I think the Clippers, who you know might be the team I'd pick to have the best chance to beat Golden State, 
with the way they're playing and the way Kawhi's played of late in particular, I do think it would make them easier to guard if Russ is out there in those scenarios. Tim Bontemps, ESPN. Okay, uh, Sunday's uh, showcase there, uh, Mavs Lakers 230. Speaking of Russ, is it possible that it, it like unleashes some pent-up quality basketball, getting, getting rid of them? They looked good shortly before the All-Star break. What do you think the Lakers do here down the stretch? Well, I mean, what helped the Lakers was getting a couple of credible NBA players in the rotation, right? I mean, that's been their biggest problem. They just haven't had enough good players. So certainly, you know, losing Patrick Beverly, losing Westbrook, you know, Westbrook was more helpful this year at times than Beverly, but you know, replacing them with Malik Beasley, a, a good volume shooter, replacing them with Jared Vanderbilt, a very solid, dependable big. Those things help. Um you know, people keep thinking the Lakers are now definitely going to make the playoffs and stuff. I, they might make the play-in, but the thing you got to remember, guys, is they're three games out, I believe, in the loss column behind uh, Oklahoma City in 10th, and they, they've they got to jump three teams just to get into the play-in tournament, hmm. right? So, like, this isn't just, well, or, you know, the Lakers are in a play-in spot, and they, you know, can they get up to sixth? It's going to be a real challenge for these guys to get to 10th. And they probably got to go like, you know, 15 and eight or something like that to get up that high. And they've been a below 500 team all season. Hmm. So I think that if LeBron and AD are healthy for the final six weeks, I like their chances of, of finding a way to get to 10th because some of these teams are going to be dropping back. Utah's probably going to lose some games. Portland's not very good. You know, we'll see if there's injuries. Some of these other teams fall. We'll see what happens in New Orleans, right? Who knows who Zion Williams is going to be able to play. They've had a ton of injuries. They fall off a cliff. So they can maybe get in, and if they are, say, the 7 or 8 seed going into the first round, for all the flaws they have, I wouldn't want to see LeBron and AD in a playoff series. No. They're out there. No. So certainly they're going to be a challenging team to knock out if they get in, but I think the assumption from people that, well, they made these trades and they got rid of Russ, and now they're just going to go on a roll and make the playoffs, I think it's a lot easier said than done because they got to climb out of a pretty significant hole just to give themselves a chance to win two games and get in. What do you think of leaving LeBron out of a top 10 player ranking list right now? Has he fallen off that much with his age? Um, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to say that off the top of my head because I haven't really sat down and done it. I would say he's a guy that I think is certainly in all NBA consideration right now. So that's a top six forward. That's a top 15 player. Like, so certainly on a game-to-game basis, LeBron is still really, really good. Now, he doesn't quite have the same top end he used to. He obviously gets hurt more than he used to when he used to be just an absolute cyborg who would never miss a game. Now, he, you know, he has some nagging ankle and foot injuries. He's dealing with this foot soreness right now that's bothered him after setting the record a couple weeks ago. Um, so he might not be quite up there with Giannis at the very top of the list, but, I, you know, whether he's 8th or 12th or whatever, he's still a remarkable player. And the fact that he's even – like, the thing that's crazy about LeBron and people, like, just don't, I think, when you talk about whether he's in the top ten or not, like, think about his contemporaries, right? Guys like Dwayne Wade, guys like Carmelo, guys like Chris Paul, guys like Dwight Howard. Like, all of those guys are either far diminished in Chris's case or in the others, like, all out of the league. Mm. And you're, and you're and we're talking about whether or not LeBron is the ninth best player or the 12th mm. best player. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, that's the thing I think, because he's been so good for so long, I think people sort of lose sight of the fact that it, his greatest accomplishment is that 
in his 20th season, he's still unquestionably one of the 10 or 15 best players in the world. Like that, that's something we've never seen before. A guy playing to that kind of level this late in his career with all the miles he has on his body. You know, I, I think uh, Mavs fans' biggest fear after landing Kyrie is him just leaving and joining LeBron with the Lakers. It's a good fear. Yeah. It's a good fear to have. Absolutely. <laughs> and the Mavs having absolutely nothing in return. So the hope is like, oh, maybe you could get an Anthony Davis back. Is that just a, 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 something that the Mavs fans, that's wishful thinking? Or is there, is there possibility for that? Uh, look, I, I'm not really going to get into this, uh, you know, hypothetical trade machine game six months out in free agency. But what I would say is the Mavs took a hell of a gamble trading for Kyrie Irving on a lot of fronts. And the biggest one, um, and I'm sure Tim has talked about it with you guys before, and, and we've talked about it a lot. The Mavs don't have a lot of stuff to trade and didn't have a lot of stuff to trade, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they cashed in two of their very few – significant trade assets to get a guy that they had no idea if he'd be on their team in six months. Now, maybe he'll be there, which probably also won't end well eventually if he is there, because the history with Kyrie Irving is if you have Kyrie on your team, it ends in an inferno. So it probably will at some point end in an inferno. The question is, will it end in an inferno in six months when he leaves it for agency? Or will it end in at some later point if he resigns? And yeah, I mean, look, if the, if the Mavs are left holding the bag, let's say, worst case scenario, right? Let's say Dallas losing the first round to the Clippers or the Suns or somebody in like a 4-5 or 3-6 matchup, and then Kyrie leaves it free agency. That's, not, that's obviously a pretty rough and bleak situation to try to come back from if you're Dallas. Now, you could say, well, the Mavs could get cap space. Maybe they could go sign another star that comes available this summer. They could do something else, right? But – you're playing a pretty high stakes game of poker making this trade and really pushing most of your chips in when you don't really have a solid plan B or any assurance it's going to last past May and June. So, you know, we'll see if it works out. Obviously the the Raptors traded for Kawhi Leonard. They won a title and then he left. Mm. If the Mavs win a title this year, probably won't really matter what Kyrie does. Right. But yeah, That's, you know, you're playing a pretty high-wire game when this is the move you make with the limited assets that you've got. That McMahon sets a high bar, uh, Tim, but you you definitely hit it and maybe some more. That was just terrific stuff. Appreciate you. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Good luck dealing with Tim. (laughs) There he goes. (laughs) Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.